Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And here we go. Thanks, everybody, for making the decision to download the show today. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. The Ole Miss Rebels, 31-26 winners over Tennessee, and one for the ages. The Rebels are now 5-1 and one of the year, the best start uh, for this Ole Miss football program since 2015. Of course, that was the year the Rebels would go and face uh, Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl. Now the question is, is how the Rebels finish? Uh, I think that's the, that's the big question. And we'll get into a lot of that here on the program. We're excited today that we'll break down the Tennessee game. And I think more than anything, everyone's excited about the upcoming LSU game. There are a lot of things to get to uh, with Saturday, and we'll get uh, we'll kind of get you up to date on what you can expect, the time everything's going to occur in regards to when you'll need to be there, the Walk of Champions, uh, everything that's going on with WJTV Sports Zone. We'll get you started about kickoff, uh, different things going on in the Grove. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and of course we have the. Um, the party at the pavilion to talk about which is adjacent to Vaught Hemingway Stadium it's a ton of things to discuss and we'll get into the ticket situation as well as of yesterday morning there were less than 4,000 tickets remaining I expect this game to be a sellout a hard sellout as Eli Manning is going to be honored on Saturday for the LSU game once again it was a big day for Ole Miss uh, getting the big win over Tennessee the, the volunteers fall to four and three two and two in the conference you know I'll be honest with you probably not going to talk about the end of the game very much on here this is more you know we, we like to kind of stick with Ole Miss and uh, we like to stick with you know stats and uh, what you can expect uh, for the next game and down the schedule and that you know I guess you can kind of get that somewhere else so you know I think it was terrible they were fined $250,000 and there were some other things that they're going to have to do working with their athletic director and their uh, Danny White and their president. So, uh, most importantly, we'll get to the ball game here in just a moment. Once again, we want to thank you for subscribing uh, and downloading the show and being a part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of fun, and uh, you're to thank for that. We're excited that down the road we'll have Coach uh, Yolette McEwen 
the uh, head women's basketball coach at Ole Miss, to break down the season. Secondly, we will have head coach Kermit Davis coming up very soon, and we'll preview the Ole Miss uh, men's basketball season. And I'll tell you this, I had a chance to visit with Coach Davis a couple of weeks ago uh, in Oxford. And uh, now, obviously, he opened up by saying the Southeastern Conference is an absolute gauntlet in men's basketball. And we get that. And the preseason polls came out and Ole Miss was ranked ninth. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that's pretty fair right now, you know, uh, judging by what's coming back. But uh, I, I'll be honest. He said, Brad, this is one of the most exciting offensive teams. And I think Ole Miss fans will enjoy that. And I think playing before crowds is going to be a key factor for uh, Coach Davis and his team. You know, they weren't able to play in front of just a limited audience last year in the pavilion. So fans being able to come back and, and being a vibrant part of the game day atmosphere is going to be a big deal. So Coach Joe kind of echoed those sentiments as well. She had a couple of key players with her, and uh, she smiled and said, these are two that you'll be seeing uh, a lot of this year. They're going to absolutely light it up. So she's excited. Coach Davis is excited. Uh, we had Keith Carter on the program last week. I think you under- I think you heard that the Keith was very, very excited as we uh, broke some news that uh, there would be a major construction project coming uh, in, in Oxford in regards to about Hemingway Stadium over the next uh, – maybe eight years or so you're going to wait three years start the uh, the champions campaign which is going to be a huge fundraising effort for the university along with the athletics foundation and after that they will make some decisions from an architecture standpoint and decide what to do with that west side i do know uh you know by what Keith said it would be a lot of amenities it would be a lot of club level and it would be a lot of um bells and whistles and i know Ole Miss fans are excited about that as it stands, thanks once again for, for uh, rating and reviewing the podcast. That, that that helps us a ton. And we appreciate you downloading. Tell a friend. And we've got also some some really big news that will be – hopefully I can debut this next week. Hopefully I can tell everybody next week. But there's some really big news for the podcast coming up and about uh, some partnerships we've got and that sort of thing. So we'll be discussing that uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, next week. Got to – cross some T's and dot some I's on that. As the Sands Ole Miss wins 31-26 over Tennessee, we'll break down the uh, the game this past Saturday, give you some great stats, and uh, preview the LSU game right after this here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research. Our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. 
fake on the handoff over the middle. Wide open Drummond. He catches it. He steps into the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. And it was a big day for Dontario Drummond as we thank the Learfield uh, Radio Network for that call. And, of course, that's David Kellum and Harry Harrison on the call on the Ole Miss Radio Network. It was a big day. And I think more than anything for the Ole Miss Rebels, they made the big plays when they needed to. And once again, it was a day in which Matt Corral, the quarterback, distributed the football all across the field. The leading uh, pass catcher was Henry Paris Jr., five catches for 19 yards. That was a bubble screen out of the backfield. But, of course, it was Dontario Drummond with two huge catches for 66 yards. One of those was a, was a touchdown. Had a chance to visit with Dennis Jackson on the Monday press availability. Dennis, a big game. And I asked him about playing in, uh, let's just say, Morton High School uh, in the Mississippi High School Activity Association versus playing in uh, Knoxville and in front of 100,000 people. And he smiled and said it was different. And I can only imagine. But Dennis Jackson, two catches, 42 yards. And, of course, the big one we remember, the 33-yard touchdown. Uh, you know, tight end has been an interesting uh, position for Ole Miss. But I think, you know, with with the emergence of Casey Kelly over the last couple of games, and I think, you know, I jokingly said during the game when Ole Miss had a ton of drops, you know, you know, Jacour Pearson, I think that's – you know, just calling it what it is, Jacour had a bad game. And the good news for, for, for Jacour is that he's got an opportunity this week and an opportunity down the stretch to, uh, to to make up for that. And I think he will. I think he's a good football player. If he, if he wasn't a good football player, Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy wouldn't have him in the game. So I, I expect big things out of Jacour Pearson. Uh, he finished with two catches for 20 yards and then dropped a couple of big ones. And so I expect uh, I expect he had a spirited week of practice and uh, he'll come back uh, firing on all cylinders. Snoop Connor out of the backfield, three catches, 25 yards. Snoop had a big game. And, uh, you know, Snoop is uh, the running back, I think, is uh, is number one on the list. I think that uh, especially when you're playing a defense that was as physical as Tennessee and, you know, judging by uh, the number of injuries and the number of people that are banged up, that tells me that Tennessee brought the wood. And uh, from everything I saw, you know, they, they brought it. And LSU's going to bring it too. You know, they were going to bring it before Ed Ogeron was stepping, was stepping down, and we'll get into LSU in a moment. But and they're definitely going to bring it now. They, you know, he's going to rally the troops and say, hey, let's, let's, let's win out, do the best we can. And, you know, I'm, I'm going off into the sunset with my $17 million, and let's, uh, let's see how many we can win. Then I expect LSU to play hard. I expect LSU to play hard for their coach and their coach that, that, that's leaving. But, uh, you know, to the tight end, Kenny Yaboa. Had a phenomenal year last year at tight end. So Ole Miss was looking for that person to kind of step up, and I think that person's Casey Kelly. I, th- I think it is. I, the way he's played, the, the way he's physical, and I think more importantly, he, he's glue with his hands. I mean, knock on wood, he may drop three passes this Saturday against LSU. He just doesn't drop the ball. And I think that Casey Kelly uh, having a big game, three catches, 31 yards, the longest of 12. And I know not, not, that's – not huge numbers, but what that is is, is you make the catch whenever you get your number call. 
And Casey Kelly did that. And, and a couple of those catches were when Ole Miss needed something positive to happen. Ole Miss needed something. Uh, they needed a receiver to step up. And at that point, he was, he was not just a tight end. I mean, he was a receiver. He was someone that Matt Corral needed to count on. And there for a couple of drives, uh, Casey Kelly was a number that he could go to. Braylon Sanders, you know, we talked about it during the game. Uh, the Ole Miss Network, you know, reported that Braylon Sanders was dealing with an injury. Uh, Harry Harrison even pointed out that, that during the pregame warm-ups, Braylon Sanders was, was uh, you know, just didn't have that burst of speed. And I agree with Harry, too. Only uh, one catch for 17 yards. Just did not have a big game. I mean, he, he, he's dealing with some injuries. And, and that's when you need a Dontario Drummond or younger receiver to step up. This is their time. This is their time to shine. And credit Dennis Jackson. He is, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, he, he has not come along or at least has not made the significant stride that I thought he would. But you know what? He had some really big catches against Tennessee, and he was a name that uh, I thought might create a little more noise before now. So credit Dennis Jackson for stepping up. Uh, that they made some key plays down the stretch. You know, Ole Miss did not play well offensively against Tennessee. And I, I, honestly, I, you know, I don't think a ton of it was due to the crowd noise. I, I think it was just a fact that, you know, the offensive line made some blunders a little bit. Uh, they played okay. But if, but if you'll remember, they, they dealt with a ton of injuries. Was Caleb Warren was out, the left guard. Uh, Rhodes, the transfer, came in and played a little bit, got a little banged up. But I thought Nick Broker and Jeremy James – and Ben Brown, you know, they did pretty good. But, you know, Matt Corral was kind of running for his life there uh, a large portion of the first part of the game. Matt didn't look sharp. Um, you're going to have to win those type of games. You know, you can't come out and, and, and spin it, you know, as well as you do against Arkansas every week. You had Arkansas circled a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, Ole Miss came out and, you know, did what it took to win the game. That's all that matters. I mean, we, we could talk about the score and – 52 to 51 and all that. All that matters is when you look in the record book, it's a big W. I'll be honest with you. If you look at Ole Miss over, over history, I mean, date back to the 93 Alabama game, go forward to the, the 2003 LSU game, come forward to the 2014 Arkansas game, 2015 Arkansas game, keep coming to the 2001, uh, go back to the 2001 Arkansas game. I don't know if you've noticed, but all these games have one thing in common. Ole Miss loses those games. The only game of significance I can remember that was close, that, that Ole Miss won, that you were like just kind of scratched your head, was the clock game with LSU. I mean, yeah, we could talk about the Alabama game, but Ole Miss outplayed Alabama. But when you were up against, uh, you know, up against a situation to where it kind of could go either way, it goes to overtime, uh, Ole Miss needs big plays and that sort of thing, they – historically have not won those games. But this year under Lane Kiffin, under Jeff Levy, they're winning those games. That tells me that this season could be something special. Schedule's not easy going forward. LSU's found a running game. They, they've absolutely found a running game with their running back that uh, I think had a, maybe a career record. I want to say, I mean, we'll get to LSU in a moment, but you know that's not good with a banged-up defense having to face – the running attack they're going to have. I do expect Ole Miss to play well, specifically offensively. And I expect Ole Miss to, uh, to get things rolling for down the stretch when it faces Texas A&M, who 
you know, we thought might have a letdown after the Alabama game. They did not. They they beat the absolute tar out of Missouri, beat them bad. And then you go fast forward until you see the Liberty game. And we thought, well, maybe Malik Willis, the Heisman candidate, because Anthony Thrash thinks that Malik Willis is the second coming of Johnny Manziel. Well, they went to Monroe, and as a 34, maybe, 32-and-a-half-point underdog, they lost the game. So Ole Miss should take care of Liberty. They've got Vanderbilt and, of course, Mississippi State, who, hey, look, Alabama makes people look really, really bad. Will Rogers just did not play well. He's a little banged up. We may see Sawyer Robertson this week against Vanderbilt uh, for Mississippi State. We may see Chance Lovertich at the end of the day. Mississippi State's not a bad football team, and, and I think they're they're not getting the praise they deserve. So uh, that's a game that Ole Miss always has circled. That's a game that Mississippi State has circled. It's in Starkville. It'll be an absolute zoo. But I think the most difficult game on the schedule for Ole Miss is at Auburn. I think Bo Nix is playing well. It's going to be another night game. The good news, and I asked Lane Kiffin this, if you look at this game in regards to the remaining schedule, the good news for Ole Miss, they've played in that environment. You know, I heard people say that it was the most raucous environment they've ever played in. And I said, Coach, you know, arguably the, the most – no, not arguably. It was most difficult we've ever played in. Loud. And so the good news is, is you get that offense and defensive staff, they're able to communicate. They come up with signals and that sort of thing. So they've almost got a play chart for how to deal with that when this team goes to Auburn uh, for the 6 o'clock game. I expect Ole Miss to play well down at Auburn. I don't know that they're going to win the game. I think that's the one game left uh, that you sh- you as Ole Miss fans should definitely you know worry about. Hey, but don't sleep on LSU this week. My goodness. You know how this game is. You know, Ole Miss fans know how hard it is to beat LSU, whether it's here or in Tiger Stadium. You know it's a hard game, and they're going to bring everything they have. You know, I'm, I'm like you. I don't think Max Johnson is the greatest quarterback in the world. I know we're kind of all over the place, but that's okay. But he gets it done. And he got it done against Florida. My gosh, Dan Mullen, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, are they going to be looking for a new coach over there? Are they going to be looking for a new athletic director? What's Scott Strickland going to do here? He hired the dude. And I don't know that there's any seat that's any hotter than Todd Grantham. I mean, you just can't go to a a program that's just dead in the water and just lay an egg like that. Gosh, difficult times in Florida. Matt Corral, uh, head coach Lane Kiffin, said Monday that uh, we'll hear from Lane Kiffin in just a moment. Said that Matt Corral, you know, he doesn't talk about injuries, but Matt Corral may not play. He's injured. So we're like, <laughs> okay. So you're not going to talk about injuries, but, oh, by the way, so I expect Matt Corral to play. I expect him to play. I expect him to start. I expect him to play the whole game. Do I think he's banged up? Yeah, I do. I think he uh, he is the best player in college football. I think he deserves a Heisman Trophy. And I think uh, if it weren't for Matt Corral, Ole Miss would probably be 3-3, three and three, maybe, 1-2 and two in the conference, maybe 0-3 oh in the conference, maybe 2-4. and four. He's that good. I mean, he's fantastic. 21 of 38 for 231 yards. Not eye-popping numbers through the air. He made some bad throws, and he had a ton of drops. Two touchdowns through the one interception, just made a bad, bad decision. And we know that's the first one of the year. But the key for Matt Corral was on the ground. He made some decisions to, to pull the ball and, and ran the draw, and Tennessee just didn't have an answer. Didn't have an answer for him. 30 carries, 195 yards, 
and uh, had a long of 32. And he was five yards from being the, the first quarterback since Johnny Manziel to throw and to run for 200 yards. Tennessee had a great defensive game plan against Ole Miss. I give them a ton of credit. They, they played really well on the defensive side of the ball. Henry Parrish Jr., 10 carries, 41 yards. That's all he could get. Snoop Connor, another hard uh, hard running game, but did, really couldn't break anything. 15 carries for 24 yards. Had a couple of touchdowns when Ole Miss got down in the red zone. Ely just – I think he was probably just not 100% back. Seven carries, 19 yards. Didn't play a ton. Looking at uh, Tennessee – uh, Hinton Hooker, 17 of 26, had a big game, 233 yards, had one touchdown. Of course, Joe Milton III came in after Hooker went down in the last 30-ish, 30-some-odd seconds. He was one for two, 12 yards. Ladies and gentlemen, if he'd have been two for two, it'd have been a Tennessee touchdown. I don't know. If, have you seen the video? I mean, have you ran it back and for those that were in Neyland and for those that watched? Did you watch the replay? I mean, he – it was within two or three inches of catching that football. But it's a game of inches. It just is. And it's been that way for Ole Miss this year. Ole Miss has won the close games. Ole Miss has won the games they haven't historically won. We talked about it earlier. On the ground, Hinton Hooker. Boy, big game. 23 carries, 108 yards. That didn't, that, that, that's about his, that includes all of the sacks as well. Ole Miss did a pretty good job, you know, when it – when it put pressure on Tennessee, it just didn't do it enough. You don't understand what goes into the defense. You know, I I would like to see Coach Partridge and, and Coach Durkin at some point go 50-50 on the pressure. And I understand you may get beat deep, but good gracious, they're getting killed across the middle. You know, Hooker had a plenty of time to throw the football. But when they put pressure on the quarterback, you know, things are different. Jabari Small, 21 carries, 92 yards. You know, we knew we wouldn't see that starting running back because he was hurt. They say he would try to go in warm-ups, wasn't able to go. But Jabari Small, the Memphis product, the legacy player, Eddie Small, his father, played football at Ole Miss, was wide receiver. Had a nice game, 21 carries, 92 yards. Had a touchdown. Hooker had a touchdown. After that, Ole Miss did a pretty good job holding Tennessee on the ground, only allowing 222 yards. And as a team, allowing 245 through the air. Ole Miss made Tennessee punt. And at this point, that's all you can ask for this Ole Miss defense because of the offense plays so darn fast. But I think Ole Miss played well enough to win the game, and they did. I thought Ole Miss did a great job. Um, you know, they did get one turnover. Tennessee got one turnover. Both these teams played well. Defensively, what can you say about the Southeast Missouri State former running back, now turned linebacker Mark Robinson? Listen to these numbers. 14 total tackles, 12 solo tackles, two sacks, five tackles for loss. And just how good is Alabama? Their defensive line that sacked Will Rogers five times, a defensive player. He wins player of the week. I don't know how Mark Robinson doesn't win co-player of the week with those numbers. Those are insane numbers. Mark Robinson's a player. Guess who else is a player? Jake Springer. Gamer. 11 tackles, seven of them for solo, one sack, one tackle for loss. He's a football player, man. I mean, he's injured. He's hurting all over, but he's in the game. And by the way, 
I want to say Michael Borky for Sports Talk Mississippi pointed this out, and it was it was a really good point, and I credit Michael for this. If Jay Springer is not in the game on the fourth and twenty six, I think it was fourth and twenty six, then Otis Reese Jr. does not make the play because they're out of position. He's having to play another position. I thought it was a great point by Michael. Jake Springer, 11 tackles, 7 solo, 1 sack, 1 tackle for loss. He is a really, really good addition to this team. The next addition to the team, Chance Campbell. He's a quarterback on defense. Anytime you've got a really good middle linebacker, and that's what Chance is, he's a quarterback on this team. 8 total tackles, 6 solo tackles. Big game. You notice three, seven tackles, 3 solo. That one of the three was pretty darn big. And so Ole Miss played well enough defensively. They made the plays defensively. Yeah, we could talk about when Joe Milton at the end of the game came into the game and, you know, made a good throw. It was incomplete. We could talk about Joe Milton coming into the game and making the decision to run out of bounds instead of giving himself a chance to throw it in the end zone. But at the end of the day, the defense was on the field at the end of the game, just like it was against Arkansas, just like it was when it stopped the two-point conversion, just like it was when it stopped the fourth down play, just like it was when it forced Joe Milton both to throw in the incomplete pass and forcing Joe Milton out of bounds. Should he have thrown to the end zone? Yeah, he should have, but he had a lot of pressure on him. Made the decision, ran out of bounds. Ole Miss is making the plays defensively. By the way, they only gave up, you know, they didn't give up near as many yards they have in the past. Tennessee's not a bad offense. Tennessee played well. Tennessee had everything going for it. Checkerboard, Neyland, fireworks, had a really cool tee they ran out of, put the lights on the tee. It was awesome. But Ole Miss won the game. Ole Miss is 5-1, 2-1 in the conference. Now, before we get to LSU, what does Ole Miss have to do to have that special season? I've, I've been pretty adamant. i, I I think there's another loss, at least, on the schedule. If there's not, hey, great for Ole Miss. But I do think there's another loss on the schedule. Is it this week? Is it Auburn? Is it Mississippi State? Is it Texas A&M? I don't think it's Liberty, and I don't think it's Vanderbilt. I think Ole Miss has a great chance of matching up well against Texas A&M at home. I think right now Ole Miss is playing better than Mississippi State. But then you're going to Starkville. So that's – a completely different animal. I've seen Ole Miss play well in Starkville. I've seen Ole Miss play really bad in Starkville. How does that shore up? I don't know. But I think you'd be crazy to say that's a that's a win right now, automatic. Do I think Ole Miss should win the game? Yes, I do. I think they're better than Mississippi State. But I also think when you play on the road in the Egg Bowl, it's a completely different dynamic. Ole Miss will play Vanderbilt. Ole Miss will play Liberty. They're better than both those programs. Now, Ole Miss has Texas A&M coming in. I think they match up well. Who I don't think they match up well with is Auburn. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think Ole Miss matches up well with LSU. I just think the whole dynamic of having Manning, Eli Manning back on campus, it's going to be a sellout. It's going to be a great environment. And Ole Miss has played well when the light has been on them. The light will be on them Saturday. It's a 2.30 game, CBS national audience. Lane Kiffin revels in this stuff. He absolutely loves the spotlight, and I think Ole Miss plays well Saturday. I think Ole Miss wins the game. I think there's a really, really good chance that Ole Miss goes to Auburn and loses. 
So I think if Ole Miss finishes the season 10-2, and two, I think there's a great opportunity for Matt Corral to win the Heisman Trophy if he continues to play well. He's got to play better than he did in regards to throwing the football than he did Saturday. But, goodness, if he runs it like he's running it now, that kind of washes out you know, the, the not-so-stellar performance throwing the ball. I think Ole Miss is getting better on defense. The problem Ole Miss has right now defensively is they are busted and bruised. Who's going to be able to play on Saturday? One key thing I'd like to point out, you know, before the year, gosh, I was on a ton of shows and everybody was asking me, what did I think about the Ole Miss defense? Did I think they were going to be better? And I said, you know, I don't know. I think they are, but I don't know. What, what I do know is this. It's not the same players as last year. You've got new names like Mark Robinson, Jake Springer, Chance Campbell, Isaiah Iton, Otis Reese with a full complement of a season. And then you've got last year's players to complement those players that have had another year in the system. So did I think they would be better? I thought so. But I knew there would be new faces. I knew that Chance Campbell came in as a highly decorated linebacker from Maryland. I knew that. And that has proven to be true. Now, they've looked lost some. Alabama, they looked lost a little. Arkansas, they look pretty rough, but Arkansas is always a stupid, entertaining game that defies all logic. So I really just throw the Arkansas game out the window every year. Saturday, I thought the defense played well. And fast-forwarding a little bit and talking about the LSU Tigers. Wow. Unranked, now 4-3 and three after getting throttled by Kentucky. Come home, dead in the water, and what do they do? They rally the troops. And boy, oh boy, did they. Now 4-3 and three in the year, 2-2 two and two in the conference. They beat Florida 49-42. to 42. Florida ranked number 20. At least they were then. 4-3, uh, and 2-3 and three in the conference. They're about to be 4-4. Four and four and two and four in the conference because Georgia is going to boat race them in the uh, the cocktail party in a couple weeks. That's two weeks damn well and gets to think about the Georgia Bulldogs. Ty Davis-Price, 36 carries, 287 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what Ole Miss is going to have to do because Max Johnson, he threw it about as much as he had to, 14 of 24, 133, three touchdowns. Pretty good numbers, but didn't have to throw it very much. He turned around and had to prize. Butte's out, the all-everything wide receiver. They've got, I think, a defensive lineman out. They've got their center out. I mean, they're playing with, I think, 50 scholarship players. And they're doing what they have to do to win. And they're going to rally the troops around head coach Ed Ogeron. As for receiver, you know, Jenkins, four catches, 50 yards. Neighbors, Thomas Jr., Beck, the legacy player, two catches. You know, names we haven't heard of. But as you well know, LSU recruits five stars better than anybody across the country. And uh, they're going to be incredibly talented. Even though they may not have the names that we've heard, uh, they're going to be talented. 49-42, to 42, they beat Florida. You know, that's about all we can really need to say about this game because we know that LSU is going to come and try to establish the run. What's – are DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge, are they going to try to stack the box? Are they going to rush a little bit? I mean, that's kind of going to be the key. Are they going to allow LSU to run all over them? Is that, you know, 3-2 or whatever defense, 3-2-6? Two, 
Is that the defense they're going to stay in? If they do, are they going to walk some backers up? Are they going to walk some some defensive backs up and, and put some pressure in quarterback Max Johnson? I think they probably will, simply because I don't think they're going to go to the air very much, and they're really not going to go to the air if Ole Miss gives up a ton of yards to Davis Price because they want to have to. May have a shootout again. Won't surprise me one bit. LSU's defense susceptible to the pass, and I think Matt Corral has a big day. Uh, I think we'll probably see a big day out of Jacor Pearson, by the way. I really do. I think he'll come back strong because they can, I think he knows, you know, he had a, a horrible holding call. I didn't really like the call, but on the, anytime you get on the edge, they're going to be looking for that. So a big holding call there, and, of course, he had a couple of big drops. I expect him to have a big game. Dontario Drummond, I think he's going to have a coming out party. We'll see about Sanders. I'm interested to see, do we see a Quay Davis? Maybe a Brown? Take a step up? Maybe a younger receiver? I don't know. Be interesting to see. It'll be a huge crowd. Paris Buchanan uh, tweeted out that Eli Manning will be leading the team down the walk of champions. I can't imagine <laughs> how cool that would be for both Eli and uh, the fans and uh, for the players to be able to have him back. It's going to be Eli Manning Day. I know you've heard and I know you've seen the end zones will be painted all red with white lettering Manning in the end zone. It'll be really cool. I think they painted the 10-yard line uh, red while all the others are white. Tickets are available as of we record here. If you listen to this on Thursday or Friday, there may not be any tickets left. So uh, expect a big crowd. Expect all the Manning family to come back. Uh, the big recruit, Arch Manning from Newman. Down in New Orleans, a five-star quarterback. The junior quarterback will be on hand for an official visit and will have his last name painted in the end zone. Heck of a recruiting tool. <laughs> not many schools can say, we're going to put your name in the back of the end zone. Of course, that's after his uncle Eli. Manning was an incredible talent. You'll be leading the Rebels through the Grove and down the Walk of Champions at 12.15 on Saturday. Kickoff, of course, is at 2.30. And the uh, pregame show with my good friend, Brett Norsworthy. And uh, he's joined by Richard Cross. will be beginning at 1230. Uh, WJTV Sports Zone, I'll be on there. We're going to be live from 12 to 130. And I'll be uh, live with them beginning at 1205. So excited about joining Haley. And Haley Hunter and also Noah Newman from WJTV 12 in Jackson. And we'll have all the uh, the coverage for you. Uh, excited about, uh, like I said, the news to come next week. And we'll, we'll bring that as soon as we, we can, as soon as we get everything squared away. As it stands, it's Ole Miss and LSU kicking off at 2.30 on CBS. Going to be a big day. And uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan and there's one game that you're going to come to, and I expect this is the game a lot of folks have circled. But a lot of people, you know, it's expensive, and I completely understand that. And a lot of folks, you know, got a family of four and you know it's tough right now but a lot of people circle this game because it's number one it's LSU it's a huge rival for Ole Miss and number two it's Manning Day and so Ole Miss fans will be able to kind of relish and relive the the days of the early 2000s the Cotton Bowl and of course Eli Manning and what he was able to accomplish as an Ole Miss Rebel along with his family his dad his mom and his brothers and well his nephew it's going to be a fun day in Oxford for sure. Thanks very much once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It's been 
been an absolute privilege. I really enjoy it, and I'm so thankful that you're along for the ride. Of course, we're a part of the iTunes family, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure and download the show and rate it and review it. Subscribe to it. Tell a friend. It's always great to join you. I'm Brad Logan here, host of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Do me a favor. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Because this is, has been and will continue to, continue to be a season we look back upon and think it's a really good season for Ole Miss. We'll see you. show on apple podcasts google play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on twitter at brad logan c-o-t-e and at believe podcasts as well as facebook brad logan media from the vault to the pavilion to swayze field it's all Ole miss all the time this has been the believe in Ole miss podcast a presentation of the believe podcast network thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.